Hi, friends. Welcome to the Hi Friend Podcast. My name is Sarah, and this is a podcast I started with my best friend, Kaylee, to share our perspectives of navigating the mysterious, exciting, and sometimes daunting journey of being single women in our 30s, living into our dreams, figuring things out as we go, and celebrating the beauty through it all. As life enters a new season for both of us, we hope this will be a space where you get to experience freedom to live the life you were created for and deep joy to delight in the journey along the way. By inviting you to listen in on our conversations, through sharing my stories, and by adding new friends to the mix as well. I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait to create and live out our most beautiful lives together. Greetings, amigos. Sorry, I just have to come up with a different way than saying hi, friends, every single time I start this. Welcome back to the Hi Friend Podcast, or welcome if this is your first time here. I'm so grateful that you guys are here listening and coming back and reviewing my podcast. Um, It means so much. So thank you. Thank you. And if you currently hear a low-grade motor sound in the background, it's just my cat (laughs) purring. She's sitting right underneath me or like right underneath the chair where I'm recording and I just don't have the heart to like push her away, but, um, she's very loud when she purrs. Okay. Well, I, this topic is something that I, um, I'm just really excited to share more about. I've, I did like a four month update on my blog. Um, but as of this week, I am seven months alcohol free seven months into a year-long experiment that I chose for myself um, in August of this last year. And it has been a very fascinating and very incredible journey, I would say. And so in that, there's been, of course, a a lot of self-reflection and things that I've either learned about myself or other people. um, And then also just seeing kind of the fruits, I guess you could say, of this decision come forward. Um, and so I I want to share those things because I think it, even if it is not about drinking for your other people, I think there's things that could be relative as far as like listening to that voice in us that's prompting us to make a decision that might be kind of scary, but that we've felt put on our heart time and time again. Um, and then um, just kind of reframing certain things that could potentially be originally seen as, as like restrictive or almost like a punishment, um, in turning those into acts of, of care and love for yourself. So yeah, I have lots that I want to share, but I will try to keep it somewhat concise. Um, but just for an overview for today's episode, I am hoping to give a little bit of my background as with alcohol and um, what led me to this decision and the story behind it, and then um, kind of an update as far as how has that been, like how has it been hard, has it been easy, um, what that's been like for me and the things that have helped, and then obviously I would want to share the most impactful things that I've seen come from this this decision in my life. Um, and then a few tips for if, if this is something that you are ever considering for yourself, um, but at least for me, like things that have made it easier. Um, or if you, yeah, even if you're wanting to give up drinking for just a short amount of time, I feel like I've learned a thing or two about how to help make <laughs> that transition and that process more fun. And then also wanting to share, you know, kind of what I foresee being next for me, um, either at the end of this year, Mark, even though I still have a a little ways to go, but yeah, I think taking what I've gleaned from this and sharing how I think I will act differently in the future around alcohol and around certain decisions, um, in general. And then ultimately what I think the biggest takeaway has been so far from this that I, I would love to share with you guys. So yeah, with that, let's dive into a little bit of my relationship with alcohol. <laughs> um, I I am not an alcoholic. I am not dependent on alcohol for 
kind of like emotional numbing needs or um, to get in a certain place like socially to interact with other people. Um, I don't use it um, really to escape from like really painful experiences. But I will say, and I also didn't really drink a lot growing up. So, um, well, growing up, but I mean like even high school, college, like I, I didn't start drinking more, I guess you could say, until my like later 20s for a variety of reasons. And even then it wasn't because I felt like I really needed to or I like needed to have it at, at all moments of my life. It was just that I had fun doing it and it was the people I was with and um, all those things that kind of added up. But um, what would happen is in the times where I would drink too much, um, I would either forget certain parts of my night or my day or whatever it was, which is really scary to me because I wasn't drinking to like black out or anything, but, um, even just like the wrong combination of things, um, would cause me to not remember certain aspects of, of my evening. And yeah, so I, I hated that feeling. And then also, um, but most importantly was, or most unfortunately was doing certain things that I most definitely would not do if I would have been sober. And a lot of that centered around, um, like stuff with guys, um, people I was dating, people I wasn't dating. And then the fallout from that being either, you know, like being upset with myself and that being something that I wish I hadn't have shared with that person or even, that opening the door to like a more involved relationship with someone that I never would have probably gotten involved with otherwise. And it wasn't always even on my end. Like I can think of a couple instances where, um, someone else initiated like a first move or a kiss or whatever that I wasn't really, I wouldn't have wanted to, or wouldn't have said yes to, but, um, because I had been drinking in the moment, like it just is kind of whatever I didn't put at that, that time. Maybe I didn't feel as like confident in saying no to people, um, when I wasn't ready for that. And, and then kind of watching these either relationships or entanglements play out with certain people that lasted a lot longer than I would have preferred or that then needed to, um, than it needed to be. And so as I kind of looked back at like, as the years have gone on and I looked back over the last few years of my life and I thought about these moments that, um, I guess you could just say like the, the things that I kind of regret the most, alcohol was always the common denominator of those. And so of course, at times this caused me to be like, okay, well, if this substance is, you know, causing you to do things that you, um, are not of your normal character and that you um, wouldn't put your sober stamp of approval on, then is this something that you need to possibly give up or reevaluate? And I think that has, I've answered that in a multitude of ways, whether it's sometimes I'll take a month off from drinking for, you know, because of that reason, or sometimes just to prove to myself that it's not a substance or something that has a hold on me. And so that's kind of why I say that, I don't think I'm an alcoholic because I, in each of those times, I've always felt like it's, it is something I can, I can easily give up and walk away from, and I don't feel dependent on it, but taking an extended break from it like that didn't seem to really solve the problem. Like that wasn't, um, excuse me, uh, when I would come back to drinking, nothing had really changed. So it wasn't achieving the, the outcome that I was hoping for. And yeah, so with that, I, I, I would just wrestle back and forth between something that I thought maybe I would need to be doing as far as like giving it up. Um, but then I would ignore that thought because I, that didn't sound very fun to me. And it also just seemed, uh, I guess the, the best word would be like unfair. I didn't feel fair that I would have to give up something that really wasn't a quote unquote problem for me most of the time. And that I, you know, I enjoyed it in my life and I really enjoy drinking wine and having drinks with friends and family. And I feel like it can in some ways really elevate the experience of, of a night or a conversation. Um, my thoughts around that have changed a little bit, but I do, I don't deny the fact that I've had some of like my most fun times, my most deep conversations with alcohol present when it's at a, um, a healthy level. So I just, 
it, it was too hard for me to think of like giving it up altogether. It just didn't feel fair. But I obviously, you know, didn't love that at certain points too. It was causing me to do things that, um, that were harming my life and that weren't aiding in my growth and, um, in like the self care of myself and my heart. So there was, plus then I just hated how I felt. Like if I, if I had a night out or I drank too much one day, um, having a hangover or even just like a slight hangover is pretty much my least favorite thing in the world. I, uh, especially when it's something that you've done to yourself because you can really only be mad at yourself for that. So yeah, that part is definitely was easy to give up. So again, this had been kind of like uh, clearly a conversation that had been in my heart and in my mind um, throughout the years back and forth. And there was one particular evening um, where I, you know, the night started out super innocently. It was just like drinking wine with friends and um, going out afterwards, but ended up having an interaction with someone. Um, I wasn't like assaulted or anything like that. So um, it just was, it just was (laughs) um, something that I wouldn't, a night that I wouldn't have done obviously when I was sober and, um, when I kind of realized what had happened and what had taken place the next day, it was really scary for me. And I really didn't like that feeling of being out of control and, um, not remembering certain things and then, um, doing things that were just really out of line with the values that I have for myself. And so that caused me, um, I think finally to like really evaluate my relationship with alcohol And one night I, shortly after that, I was kind of just like wrestling back and forth with these thoughts in my head and, um, questioning like, well, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, what, what is the answer to this? And, um, I, part of me, you know, was hearing like, okay, it seems like if this, if these are things that continue to happen, clearly this is a problem. And, uh, it seems like removing alcohol might be the best option. But I also heard this other voice that was like, I don't think that that's meant to be my story forever. I don't think that I'm meant to be sober for the rest of my life um, and that it has more to do with kind of some things in my heart or like um, just things that are deep inside me emotionally, um, et cetera, that alcohol is just acting as like a release valve for that. And it's uh, the conduit to release this behavior that's kind of like, uh, that's trying to work itself out in me and is therefore not being worked out in a very healthy or acceptable way, in my opinion. So I was like, okay, well, maybe you can focus on getting healing or figuring that out. And then, you know, then the alcohol problem will sort itself out. But I, I just, I just knew that I had to do something more drastic than like a a normal month off of alcohol or, um, agreeing to like go to counseling while I was working through this. And so I kind of, um, I just remember hearing the timeframe of a year being given to me, which made sense in a way, even though that was like sounded really difficult (laughs) and horrible at the time, but it made sense because it was this time period that was going to cover, um, you know, all these like big, bigger life events that, um, and day-to-day life that would take place in a year. Because I think when you can, when you take a month off or even a couple months off, at least for myself, sometimes I would even like plan it and be like, oh, okay, well you can take, you can take this time off, but then that'll be perfect. Cause it'll end right before your birthday or it'll end right before the 4th of July. Um, or, you know, just something that you could like plan around a wedding or event or a trip. And this was like a no excuses, you have to commit to this. And that's going to mean a lot of things and activities that will now not include alcohol. And so my like immediate um, resistance was thinking about, you know, I was about to go on a bachelorette weekend in Mexico with some girlfriends. I knew I had um, a wedding or two that uh, would be coming up. I was going to Paris by myself um, and to meet up with a girlfriend for the first time. And I, that would mean no wine, no champagne, nothing, just 
just sober Sarah in Paris. <laughs> that also did not sound very fun to me. But um, yeah, so I think in hearing that time frame, it made sense. But it was also I was just being stubborn and it, I didn't want to agree to it. So I let myself go to sleep and say, you know, like, we'll revisit this tomorrow. <laughs> and so I woke up and started getting ready for my day. And I um, had been in the middle of this podcast, uh, a Jess Lively episode, and I don't remember which one, but it had nothing to do with alcohol. I can try to remember to find it and put it in the show notes for this. But um, she was interviewing someone. And I kid you not, within a minute of turning the podcast back on, I was getting ready in my bathroom. The The lady that was being interviewed said something along the lines of, and then for I decided to give up alcohol for the year of 2017 because I wanted to see what would happen and I was inspired to do so. <laughs> and I just could not believe that here the night before, I had been given that time frame and then it was confirmed like less than eight hours after that. And I, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I just, I believe absolutely that was something like, cause when I heard that too, like there was just something inside of me that felt that click and that confirmation that this was being given to me from, from somewhere else that, that God was clearly speaking this into my life and then confirming it. And so I immediately burst into tears I, I knew that that meant I had to say yes to this. Um, and I started bargaining. I was like, but what about that? <laughs> what about the bottle of wine that you just bought? Like, now you're going to just have to, what, give it away? And so, um, yeah, it was not a fun realization. But then it kind of quickly, I, I let myself be sad and be and mourn uh, th- that reality for a couple minutes. But I would say even just listening to kind of her explanation on the podcast of why she did that and then recognizing in myself that I had I had been and still am on this kind of intense um, self-growth journey and um, have just been really fascinated and um, growing so much in the way that I, I construct my thoughts and the way that I view the world and um, the way like my beliefs about myself and um, – all these things around me on like a really deep level and I've just been so excited and hungry to be consuming all this information and content around that and realizing that it would not be a bad thing to allow myself to be even more present in that journey and to remove something that kind of obviously would hinder that growth. I mean, even if you're just drinking slightly, like, you know, maybe not, but it still just makes me feel like my brain is foggy or I don't sleep as well. Um, and I don't, I don't truly think I'm my best self if I'm drinking alcohol on a regular basis, much less if I'm having nights where I'm having too much to drink and the follow fallout of that being, um, feeling horrible and taking, needing time to recover. Sometimes that's like a day, sometimes it's two days. And then also doing something that is harmful to me emotionally which I, I think the ramifications of that last way longer. And so it just made a lot of sense that this would be something that would um, really help in this growth and help accelerate that. And so that started to make me feel kind of excited. And it felt like this challenge and this experiment is truly the word that, that came to me and that feels the most relevant for what this is because it seemed it was, it's just a big deal. Like I was like, okay, you are going to remove alcohol for an entire year and see what happens. Like see what that does to my work, to my self-worth, to um, my relationships, um, et cetera. And I just had this feeling that I was going to be really blessed through that decision. Not from, not from like reckon or from what's the word? practicing like the legality of it like okay if I go one year without drinking alcohol you know I will be rewarded blah 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 but more so just knowing that there would be goodness like I was I wasn't called to this decision out of punishment it was truly something for my greater good and so that really started to like light me up and make me feel excited (laughs) and I did want to share um, a thought that came to me that also helped in this situation um because it has to do with ceremonies and I'm a big, big believer in, in having ceremonies around 
big life events, actually big or small. Like I believe in celebrating little things, big things, marking the end or start of a chapter. And I just think that there's something really powerful about sealing, sealing a decision in or, um, yeah, something that you've accomplished or have achieved with a ceremony of some kind. And I do, I practice that in a lot of different ways in my life. And so what came to me in mid tears as I was somehow trying to bargain for this last bottle of wine, I, my, my friend, Jesse, or Jesse, who was just on the podcast, she had recently told me about um, the company Urban Decay, which is a makeup company. And they actually, their headquarters are, are local to, to where I live. And apparently they had just hosted, um, they, they have this product called the Naked Palette, which is a their like most popular eyeshadow palette. And they were discontinuing that to launch like another product or something. Um, and so to mark the discontinuation of that product, they hosted a funeral at their, at their headquarters here. And they like had everyone wear all black um, and like made this party out of it or event out of it. Which you know clearly like a publicity stunt, and they're trying to raise uh, awareness around their their new product. But I thought that was so genius, and it just like really made me laugh. I was like, oh man, that's so extra, um, but I love it. So as I was you know literally mourning the thought of having to say goodbye to red wine in my life, because for me, red wine, um, I mean wine in general, but specifically red wine, specifically cabs are just like this source of, it's just my happy place. Like that is something I'm not, I was not a coffee drinker. You know, so people talk about like being, looking forward to the morning, to waking up and having their cup of coffee. And not that I, again, like not in an addicted, like obsessed way with, with wine or alcohol, but that was just like my, um, my routine or something that I look forward to, or it marked like a, a special night out. And, and the thought of like, I just couldn't think of anything in my mind that I really wanted to replace that with. Like, it's not just the taste. It's and it's the way it makes me feel. Like, it's just this perfect, like, happy, warm, cozy hug feeling. So I was not excited at the thought of having to give that up. And so I started thinking about, I was like, okay, what if I literally threw a funeral for red wine, invited my closest friends, and made like a fun event because I also just love planning events and things like that. And so I, I, so I mid tears, I started laughing because I was like, that is so silly, but I'm also kind of really into this idea. Sure enough, I created fancy invitations on paperless post. I invited my, um, I, about like 15 friends or something like that. Um, Kelsey FaceTimed in from Portland. I had everyone dress in anything from like the, the Pinot Noir family color, color family to black if they wanted to, which ended up looking like quite the scene on the beach here at Balboa. And I, I wrote a eulogy for red wine and I kind of like spoke to each of the people who were there and honored them in my, in an experience that involved like wine or alcohol. Because the truth is, I mean, I, I, I was a little nervous to have to tell my friends about this decision, not because anyone would make me feel bad or anything like that. Like I have amazing supportive friends. So, and not that I would ever have to apologize for a decision that is in my best interest. I knew people would understand why I was doing it, but the truth is, I mean, alcohol plays a somewhat decent sized role in our lives in our social lives and events and things like that. And there's no denying the fact that it changes the dynamic a little bit to have someone who's not drinking or if like you go out with just one other person and you're not drinking, it kind of like makes them feel bad or, um, I mean, not really, like I, but maybe it has for me. Like some people are just like, oh, well now I feel bad ordering something. I'm like, no, 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 like, please, like I want you to have a drink, but I also kind of get that. So it was a little bit of like, I wanted to include my closest friends because I wanted to involve them in this process and, uh, with me in this experiment and, um, I approached most of them before this, the funeral anyways, and told them, you know, what I was planning on doing, why this came about, but it was really special and ended up being like a really fun night. My friend Lauren, um, like made a delicious cheese plate or cheese board. And, uh, I did use that bottle of wine to like give out to my friends that night. I wasn't drinking then, but, um, yeah. So anyways, if you ever need to host a funeral for something that you want to get rid of in your life, I would recommend it. 
Um, my friend Riley in her book, uh, Waiting at Hayden's, has um, something along those lines too. I, I hadn't read the book yet, but she there's a scene in there about hosting a funeral for an ex um, and like burying things from them. And I just, yeah, I totally see the value in that. Um, so yeah, so that launched my, my year into not drinking. And here I am seven months later. I kind of can't believe it. It honestly, it, it, first of all, it's been absolutely incredible and amazing. And I'm going to expand a little bit more on like the biggest impacts that it's had on my life, but it really hasn't been as hard as I thought it might. Um, you know, of course in the beginning, it's, it's a little awkward to like adjust to your new normal and having to explain it to people when you, um, you first see them or like you're hanging out or, um, yeah, I really recommend just saying like if if you're ever in a place where you're not drinking, a great line is just I'm not drinking right now because that could mean so many different things. Um, and you're not saying like I gave up drinking or like leaving this like dramatic cliffhanger or something. And so if I don't ever if there's a time where I don't want to talk about it, I just say like, oh, I'm not drinking right now. Um, though usually people still kind of want to know what that's about. I also like saying that um, it's an experiment like, you know, I gave up drinking for a year as an experiment and. Um, and that also like seems to kind of click with people or they're just, I don't know. It, it sort of stops the conversation. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I feel incredible physically. It's so nice to get like really good nights of sleep. (laughs) I feel clear headed. Um, and I still do a lot of the things that I did when I was drinking. I go out with my friends, I go out dancing, I, you know, go on dates, not that many dates, but, um, yeah, just all the things. I, I obviously survived my trip to Paris and other trips that I've been on and um, weddings, events, um, holidays, New Year's, etc. And I am doing just fine. Um, lately, though, my life has kind of, I think, just naturally slowed down as I've been in this space of like growth and expansion. And I think even um, not that there's been a shift of friends or who I've hung out with, but it just feels like a more a slightly slower stage of life where I find myself like staying in on the weekends um, or wanting to like listen, stay home and read a book or listen to podcasts or work on my, some of the projects I'm doing, which is a definite shift for me because I am such like a um, an extrovert, like a rallier. I like want to, I'm the person who's always like, let's go out tonight. Let's do something. Maybe not working in an office probably like changes that too. Cause I feel like you're surrounded by a group of people, um, on Fridays or during the week. So you're like, Oh, what's everyone doing this weekend? Or let's go out and do something. And, um, yeah, at times it's even been a little disorienting. Cause I'm like, Oh no, is this, is this who I am now? Am I like introverted, stay home, homebody person on the weekends? And I like bothers me, which I'm not, doesn't need to like this could, is just a season I feel like. And, um, it's actually been, it's just been kind of nice to allow myself to be in this, um, inward in like slow journey, um, and allowing myself to, to say no to things and also just find myself not really as interested in the things that I was before, um, while I'm in this space. So as far as the areas that I think it's had the biggest impact on and that I've already seen, like, just really helpful improvements in my life and, um, emotionally and, um, creatively and physically and all of that. Um, the first one is that I kind of, I didn't mention this in part of my reason for why I gave it up, but there was also, you know, not just like the things like physically that would happen with guys or, um, or whatnot in dating instances, but there was, um, like a specific person that I was more attached to as well. And so I noticed that anytime I would drink, it would cause me to like either reach out or just say or do things that I regretted or felt embarrassed about afterwards. And I knew that that was, it was helping to keep me tied to them when it was something that I was actively trying to like move on from and close a chapter on. And so I knew that that would, um, that that would just be one of the the residual effects of giving up alcohol. And sure enough, it has absolutely helped. I, um, it's amazing how sometimes, you know, it wouldn't even have to have been that I was drinking a lot or that I was drunk or anything, like even just a glass of wine or two 
would cause me to like have this guard put down and like feel like I wanted to reach out or feel like I wanted to express these things that I was feeling, even when logically I knew it was not wise for me to do so. So yeah, alcohol is crazy, man. I, I don't know. It's very fascinating how just the slightest amount can change our brain chemistry and change our reactions to things. And, um, in, in giving it up, like there has now been like an absolute space between me and that person. And it's allowed me to, I think, take a bigger step back and to heal. Um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and then in another instance too, similar to kind of going off of the, like how even just one glass of wine can, can shift a behavior or can cause something to happen. I noticed, uh, recently there was a time where I was hanging out with someone, um, and it was a space where I was like, you know, I had a moment where I, in the moment, obviously I was sober. And I remember thinking if I was drinking right now, I can almost guarantee you that I would try to make out with this person, (laughs) um, which isn't that big of a deal. I'm not saying that that's bad. I just, but the reason why the difference for me was that when I was sober, I was not feeling called to that. It's not like alcohol would have, you know, helped like lower the defenses because I knew I wanted to. And this, that was, it was just like, I was nervous or something. It just, I knew that I, it wasn't the right time for, for me to act on that or to do that. Or I didn't feel really drawn to do it. It's just that I knew that if alcohol was involved, um, it like, I could see how it would happen a lot easier. And a couple days after that, I was, I had the thought about, um, actually a verse came to mind from, it's from Ephesians and the verse is like, don't get drunk on wine, um, but instead be filled with the spirit. And I thought about how, um, how appropriate well, to me, first of all, it's, I think it's really funny that, um, alcohol can also be referred to as spirits. And so I was like thinking of the tagline, for, I mean, I guess nobody would ever wear this on a shirt, but like spirit, not spirits. (laughs) I don't know why that makes me happy. Um, but it's so true because I, I talk a lot about the value and the importance of having this access and insight into our inner voice and this, you know, guidance that we have available to us, whether you think that's the Holy spirit or, um, you know, your intuition or your higher self or whatever it might be, there's no denying that there is a voice of wisdom that, um, gives us like these prompts of things to either say yes to or say no to, and that feel confirmed or whatnot. And so when I'm drinking, I, that voice is, is dulled. Like there's this interruption between, uh, between that connection of me and, um, and God and the, the things that he might be nudging me or telling me or asking me to like step, take a step back on or whatever it might be. And I just thought of how powerful that is, like how, and how, um, I don't want to say the word scary because I don't believe in like living out of fear or whatnot, but I just think the flip side of like how amazing that we have this access to this, this voice that has our greater good in mind. So in this instance, you know, telling me like, Hey, don't, this isn't the right thing right now, like with this person. So who knows down the line or whatnot, but if you act on that for your own pleasure or whatever curiosity or whatever it might be, that's fine. Like you can do that, but just know that there's a, those ramifications that might come of that. Like that could mess up that friendship. Um, it could be the wrong time to start something and then you could get derailed in a relationship that's not right for you at this time. And so I, why would I ever want to not listen to that voice and how it's guiding me? Um, because especially after plenty of times in my life where I have not, and I think if I, or I have heard it, but have chosen to go another way. And I just think of how much easier and more full and more amazing my life would be if I was constantly in tune with that voice and, um, willing to, to follow it. And so with alcohol, there's just this disruption of, of that, um, that wisdom and that communication. And so I just felt really grateful for the fact that, um, you know, as I've learned to sit more and more with, with that voice and to, to go inward and to ask like direction from it. Um, I, I just wouldn't want to, to jeopardize that at all or to, um, to, 
harm that relationship in any way by bringing in something else that could possibly um, allow me to not um, to not hear it. So, um, yeah. So I thought that that was um, just really powerful and something that would make me want to consider approaching alcohol differently in the future if I do decide to bring it back into my life. And so I'll get into that. Another thing is I do not think it's a coincidence that the amount of creativity and productivity in my life has vastly increased. It feels like there's almost been this like um, switch that's been flipped on and it's like pouring out of me and things are clicking into place and uh, there's clarity around stuff and there's excitement and passion. Um, And I, you know, not to say I haven't had creative moments when I, in between drinking or whatnot, but there's just this kind of like, um, removal of, of cloudiness or these different, this different, or the substance in my life that has allowed me to like really clear up the, the pathways and, um, the expression of that creativity of me. And so that's, and someone else, even a friend of mine even pointed that out at one time and was like, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know if she was, commenting on some stuff. Oh, I was thinking it was like when I was like launching Best Lives Retreat and doing a few different things at once. And she was like, you know, I think it's, um, interest or it feels like these are some of the outcomes that are happening because you decided to give up drinking. And I totally agree. I think that I've been able to be a better, fuller version of myself without the presence of alcohol. So that's been really cool. I also feel like I've increased my amount of like self-trust for myself in in seeing that I can be trusted with with setting discipline for my life or um, choosing discipline for my life and creating boundaries and being able to say no to something that um, is possibly harming me or is hindering me from um, from full, more fully stepping into my life and. Um, and that shows me that if I can say that in one area of something that is honestly kind of a big, bigger challenge, then that means I can do that in other areas of my life. That, that was definitely the biggest takeaway that I had from Toastmasters actually, because while I'm sure maybe it helped a little bit with certain speaking skills, I, I felt like the thing that I was most proud of or that I was most grateful for was that it showed me that I could show up for something week in week out. 7 a.m. on a Monday morning to do something that was really not fun and really scary at times, um, all for the sake of like growth and improvement. And so at the end of those 14 months, I was like, wow, okay, if you can do that, then you can do lots of other things too. So yeah, I think um, just how I view myself is has improved because of, of this experiment as well. The other part that I think, and this really goes along with the experiment word for, for this whole endeavor is, um, I recently heard the quote of, I think it was like, be a scientist of your own life. And I think it's such a good way to put it because that is, is really what we're here to do. Like we've been given this body, we've been given this soul and imprinted in each of us is this kind of unique, magical blueprint of a life that, um, that really lights us up and like the things that we enjoy and don't enjoy doing. And, um, it's, it's up to us to go through life and uncover what those things are. And so, you know, I've been really diving into that lately too, and like following after my joy and figuring out like, what are the things that I love to do? What are the things that make me happy? Like, what do I want to surround my life with? Where do I want to live, etc. And in approaching this part of this aspect of my life, the drinking part, I decided to try to be a little scientific with it as well. Like I really wanted um, to not just like set this time frame and be like, oh, all right, okay, well, go a year without drinking and um, hopefully good things happen and you'll see at the end how you feel. But I really wanted to stop and like take note of the different times in my life that I felt I was either like reaching for alcohol or that I was craving it, um, the times that I was grateful I didn't drink. Um, and, and just kind of gathering this data around like, um, whether or not I think I'll be able to reintroduce it to my life. And if so, like when are the moments that that would make sense to do it? And when are the moments that it would not? And in doing that so far, what I've found again is that I don't really, I haven't really 
felt myself needing it too much, like to numb out certain feelings. Um, there was the time that I, the travel day from hell where I was trying to get to my new nephew, um, up in Bend and my flight got canceled and rerouted to Portland. Um, and it was just, it was just this whole ordeal, but yeah. I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I, the thought of like a big glass of red wine right now to just allow myself to like be comforted, um, sounded so good and I had to choose other things. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I do think like, and to be honest, I don't see that as being like a huge problem, um, as long as in the future, like, you know, I think that there's different tools we can reach for. Um, and alcohol should not be the first one as far as like soothing ourselves. And I have found lots of ways to self-soothe and that has been really powerful for me. And I'm really empowering to, to realize that I have that ability and I don't need to rely on a substance for that. But I also think like, just like you would have, um, a cup of like tea or there's certain foods that are just more comforting, comforting. I think, you know, there's times where there could be a place for that, where it's like, it's okay to have a glass of wine in this instance and like to unwind for the day. Um, but yeah, so, um, but what I mostly found, which was interesting is I, the times I miss it the most are in the, fairly like innocent and safe moments, I guess you could say. So like times where I'm with my family and like my mom and I are cooking dinner together and I just, you know, would want a glass of wine at home knowing that I'm not going to probably have more than two glasses that night. I'm spending the night there. Like I'm not, you know, like I don't tend to seem to have a problem behaviorally, like when I'm drinking around my family or, um, and like being, I mean, it can cause me to be more emotional, but, um, that would be like a fairly safe instance, I would say, for me to be able to drink or a time with a girlfriend, like going out to eat or sitting at a house, like having happy hour. Those are the times where I'm like, man, this would be really fun to have a drink right now because I feel like it would elevate the experience and it's a bonding thing and all of that. Um, the times that I have not missed alcohol and where I've been the most grateful that I didn't drink are actually the times when it's like, going out with a group of friends or, um, like where everyone else is kind of drinking more heavily. I think it feels like I have such an advantage when I'm not participating in that. And I don't really miss it. I'm still able to have a lot of fun with people. You know, of course it's just going to be a little bit different. You're not going to be on the same level, but I, I'm still like able to keep up, have fun, go out dancing, whatever it might be. And then usually I just kind of peel peel away a little bit sooner than some people. Um, but those are the instances when I knew that the next day I would have had the most regrets. And so realizing like that I was able to wake up the next day, feel amazing, not have a hangover, not have done something I regretted. Um, there was even like this one day, um, I went on this Christmas bar crawl with a big group of friends and I was out like seven or eight hours that day. And I did not miss alcohol at all. Like I had so much fun. Um, I was still able to have like great conversations. I even met a guy when I was out. Um, I was around someone who normally I wouldn't have trusted myself to have alcohol with. And that was fine. That situation was fine. And so I just remember feeling like so grateful that I um, had the experience and the outcome that I did without having alcohol. And it made me realize in the future that if I do want to reintroduce alcohol to my life, I can see how choosing to abstain from it in those instances would probably be very beneficial to me, not to mention you save lots of money. So, um, yeah, so I think just noting those things for the future has been really helpful for me. Um, and it's going to kind of shape how I will uh, view it and, um, and treat alcohol moving forward. And then also too, I have, because I knew that this was more than just a substance issue, this was a heart issue, and there are some things that must have been going on in my life um, to that are trying to like surface when I would drink, um, I felt really dedicated to wanting to get to the bottom of those and to heal certain things and to, to look inwards. And um, kind of two parts of that is something that I mentioned in the reframing singleness episode where I that making the connection between creative and sexual energy was really helpful. And I think because 
there might have been like a block there or something I was repressing. And for me, I think it was repressing this urge to create and these things that I wanted to create with my life. And it was kind of getting redirected and funneled um, into wanting to express itself sexually in unhealthy ways um, mixed with kind of a lower self-worth situation where I was also craving the attention of certain people. And so, um, yeah, so I think being able to really, as I'm creating more and feeling this like high vibe energy from all the work that I'm doing and high energy, I'm that, that like, I mean, I don't know because I haven't drank, so I don't know what would come up when I did drink, but I feel like that desire has has really subsided. I don't feel this really deep longing um, for a relationship right now or for a sexual outlet necessarily. Um, I, I just feel really satisfied in my life where I'm at. And then the other part of that being like the more self-worth, self-love part is something that was a really helpful um, kind of like visual to, to think about, or, um, not really visual, like an exercise or like a a mindset shift was the concept of, um, like envisioning who is the version of myself who is in, who is a hundred percent self-assured and who is, knows that she is fully loved. And, um, in this case, I'm just going to like do, uh, the relationship side of this. So who is the version of myself who is already in an amazing, trusting, loving relationship where we adore each other, um, we're obsessed with each other. We, there's full trust. Like I'm not worried about his affection going elsewhere. Um, we have so much fun together. Like etc. Like I can picture, cause I know what I want my relationship to be like someday that I'm in with a partner that's right for me. And so when I get into that space and I like picture how I would feel in that case and like I play it out in my mind. So like if I'm out one night, um, even like, let's say he's not this hypothetical person, he's not there. Who am I? I'm someone who's not worried about what other people are like, what other guys are thinking about me. I'm like fully confident and fully happy, etc. So I've started to do that because I've done this exercise in like other parts of my life that don't have to do with relationships because that's not something that I'm trying to like call into my life right now. But it still feels good to like envision that part of me living out like that as well. Um, but so yeah, in this case, like if I'm thinking, let's say I were to be around this person, a person who I'm like was desiring their attention before, or, you know, was feeling like desperate for, for, um, their approval or wanting like physical attention from them or whatnot is the version of me who is fully confident and, um, who is like powerful and knows how loved she is and knows how amazing she is. Is she worried about the attention of a person who's not choosing her? Absolutely not. (laughs) That is like the last thing that she cares about. She's living her life. She's happy, um, thriving, not worried, not like this anxious energy for someone else. And so that I think, um, as I started to like practice that mentality more and more, it's really helped to have like that desire just like kind of melt away or just become very clear. Like, oh my gosh, of course, that's not what I want in my life. Like, of course, you know that you are worth so much more and that, um, that that's not something that you have to like worry about or strive for. So, um, yeah, I think that all of those things combined have been, um, pretty amazing outcomes so far for this, this experiment. And I also too, um, I really think there's something to an extended period of time because like I mentioned earlier, like the month long thing, you can kind of like shape that to your, or like work it into your schedule so that it works for you. And, um, absolutely removing it off the table altogether for like a big chunk of time has allowed me to go inward and, um, be more analytical and, um, like literally gather more data (laughs) than I would have ever been able to with taking a month off or even two months off. I feel like I didn't start to feel, um, some of the like amazing effects and then also get to a point where like, it really felt like it was just a part of my routine and part of who I was to just not drink, um, until about like three or four months in, honestly. So, um, yeah, just something to think about. Again, I'm not trying to convince anybody to take a year off of drinking. I just 
that's something that I just observed about myself. So, um, I also just want to share a few like fun tips that have made it easier for me overall. Um, in case anyone else is like, yeah, I feel like I know a lot of people kind of who are either experimenting with giving up alcohol or doing it for a short amount of time. And, um, yeah, I think it's fun to make like a game out of it almost, or to just find the ways that like you can shift something, uh, to kind of achieve the same outcome that you were hoping for, like with alcohol. And so for me, it was like coming up with fun drinks or fun drinks that feel special and are fun to drink. Um, so it's like, I'll get just, there's certain like juices that I'll buy from Trader Joe's and I'll like splash that in with sparkling water. Um, there's this antioxidant, uh, or this, like it's called the power of seven or to the power of seven juice from Trader Joe's. And it looks identical to red wine. So I will put that in a cup and a wine glass and pretend that I'm drinking red wine. Definitely not the same thing, but, um, still feels kind of fun and fancy and having, a fancy glass to put things into. Like when I go out to a bar or restaurant, um, first of all, bartenders and servers are usually very understanding, very helpful, and are like sometimes even excited about the challenge of creating, um, like a fun mocktail or I will give like a drink that sounds good to me. Um, like one time I was like, I'm really in the mood for a French 75. Is there any way you could make something like that? Not alcoholic. And she made this really great fun drink and a fun glass with a twist and it made me feel really fancy and fun. So, um, I think like not being afraid to try like, or asking people to like come up with fun drink ideas for you. And, um, even if I just want sparkling water, I'll just say, is there any way you could put that in a wine glass for me? <laughs> or is there any way you could put this drink in a fun glass? Cause so I can feel fancy with my friends. And then I also, um, just thinking about, so like when I'm out and if there's a time where I'm like, oh, I, I wish I was drinking or I wish I had a drink right now, I just try to remind myself like how I'll feel the next day. And especially if I'm out uh, where people are like heavily drinking, um, it's really, really helpful to me to think about the fact that not that I wish this about on anybody. I just know because I've been there, but that they'll mostly likely be waking up and feeling horrible the next day and that I will get to avoid that whole experience because I'm choosing to have discipline tonight and (laughs) to say no to something in the moment so that I can say yes to something better tomorrow. And, um, also just like realizing that I'm probably being a better, more enjoyable version of myself. Sometimes when I think about as much as I like to think that I'm like really fun and um, cute and sassy when I'm drinking, the reality is that I know that I'm probably very annoying. I've actually seen footage of this, so I I can say that with certainty. Um, And it's it's not a classy look. Um, That was something that I had Kelsey, like there'd be times where we would go out together and be like, okay, if I have too much, start having too much, or if I do something that's annoying or that like, you know, is not what I want to do. You need to look at me and say, not classy, Sarah, not classy. (laughs) Cause it comes from a scene in the office with Jim and Dwight. So anyways, that, that works for me. And so I do feel much classier sometimes when I'm not drinking, just me personally. Um, and then like a more, I guess, deep thing that I try to practice is the point of this was to to be more present in my life and to, um, just really like fully experience everything that I'm doing in that moment. And so I really focus on that feeling of pure presence. Like I, I feel I'll allow my body to like feel like tingly all over with the joy and sensuality. And by that, I just mean like the different senses of being fully present in a moment. So whether it's like Um, when I'm out dancing, like hearing the music and just really like leaning into the moment of dancing and having so much fun. There's one moment or one night in particular where I can think of a time where I was at La Cave, which is on Friday nights, they have like a nineties cover band. And I was like jumping around and feeling the energy from everybody else and just smiling so big because I was having the best time. And I, I truly felt like buzzed. I'm not joking. Um, just off of the happiness and the, the fun that I was having. And then add to that, the fact that I knew that that was all fueled by me and my, my body and my brain and my energy. And I didn't need anything else to like get me to that place. And I also, yeah, just like notice what I'm doing more, like whether it's 
I don't know, like touching something that I'm wearing, like feeling very aware of like what's surrounding my body and what I'm eating. And when I'm talking to a friend, like looking deeply into their eyes and like being present in that moment with them, um, in a way that I don't think I could have been if, if a, if a drink or two was in the picture. So that's been something that I think has allowed me to manufacture like a different kind of buzz and replace that feeling a little bit. Um, but in an even better way, because then I remember it the next day, you know? Um, and yeah, as I kind of alluded to this a little bit, but before of, it kind of feels like and maybe it's just because this is the people I'm choosing to surround myself with either like online or the people I'm following or my friends. Um, but it does seem like there's almost this move in the wellness and like personal development, personal growth field of people moving towards this sober, curious lifestyle. And it, yeah. So it, I don't feel very like alone in it. It's kind of now it, yeah, it just seems more normal that people are gravitating towards that and recognizing like the harm that that drinking too much can have on their bodies and, um, choosing, um, just like a a more sober way of life. And I think that's being reflected even in companies and brands like, um, that are being created. Like there's all these really cool companies. Unfortunately, they're all like in, I, there's, they're in like Australia, New Zealand. I feel like I've come across some really, really rad non-alcoholic um, brands that are like bottling these really cool tonics and different drinks. Um, but they're not all in the U.S., unfortunately. But I think people are catching on to the fact of like there's a move in this and there's there's a reason why people are choosing to not have alcohol in their life and the outcomes that they're seeing from that, um, like an improved life and improved business, improved relationships is... Uh, pretty sweet alternative and how then like the the marketplace can reflect that and and try to um, jump onto that bandwagon a little bit and so yeah I just think I I've it's been cool and encouraging to see that in more places too I don't feel like this total outsider for not drinking um, and then lastly what's helped is um, the book Sober Curious by Ruby Warrington I I'd heard about her before and I think heard her on a podcast, but she released her book the beginning of this year and I ate it up. I read it in like a few days. Um, It was incredible. I highly, highly recommend it to everybody. Even if you're not considering giving up alcohol, I think if alcohol plays any um, role in your life that um, like I don't know, just occupies any part of your mind more than a a little bit, then I would recommend reading it because I think it allows, it's just good to step back and question anything in our life, like, and whether it's serving us or not. And kind of, um, with something that alters our, our brain chemistry and our body, um, I think it's really important to take, to, to have reverence around that and treat it in a way that's, um, uh, I don't know, just like more sacred. Like it's, it's it can have such a, a negative outcome on our lives in some ways. And so if you're not willing to like, um, treat that in a really respectful and revered way, then I think it can have, um, some really big ramifications. And so whether or not you decide to give up alcohol or not because of it, I just think that it, it posed a lot of really good questions and it made me think about alcohol in a totally different way, like both on a personal level and then even a societal level of like what we would, what our society would look like if more people, um, were sober or were not using alcohol to like, disconnect from their emotions and, um, that it was not like hindering their health and the healthcare system and all of that. So really good read. Okay. So what's next for me and what does this mean for the future? Um, I know I'm, it's not very necessary for me to start like thinking about what will happen at the 12 month mark because I still have five months to go, but, I, as I've constantly been like an evaluation stage with this of, um, thinking about, um, whether I do want to introduce alcohol to my life again, or whether I, this has been so amazing that I never will. I realized that first of all, I am very happy being sober. I think it's done so much for me and, um, I'm just really grateful that I decided to say yes to this experiment. And I think it will have lasting effects on my life. And, um, I really do think I'm going to approach alcohol differently in the future. I also, 
I don't feel very like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get to that date and like have a drink or go. I mean, of course not go crazy, but you know what I mean? Like I don't, it doesn't feel like this countdown to like, oh, this many more days till I can drink this many more days till I can drink. Um, I'm more so just like, okay, it will be interesting to see once I have passed this finish line of what, um, what that will look like. And I do think I'm going to drink again. Um, but I want to do so in what I think will be like a practicing like mindful or intuitive drinking. Um, and the question that I can see myself wanting to ask before I decide to engage with a night of drinking or a drink or whatnot is, will, will this drink bring me in higher alignment? And what I mean by that is kind of thinking through like not just in that exact moment so you know not like is this drink going to make me feel happier in this moment because most likely that will answer will always be yes but it's playing it forward like is this having this choosing to have this drink or choosing to drink tonight like um, am I willing to accept that I might do, act in this way or that I might feel this way tomorrow um, am I with certain people that it might not serve me um just like playing through the different circumstances and because I can see like I I played out that scenario in a few different ways and I can see how there'd be times where I would probably answer no like even if in that very moment it felt safe like let's say like oh I'm gonna go out and have dinner with a girlfriend but I know that the next day I need to be really productive and I wanted to like I don't know, I need my creative brain juice or brain power to, to get through a project, I would probably say no to drinking that night because I know how it's going to affect me the next day. And so, yeah, by practicing um, mindful or intuitive drinking, it's again, like I mentioned in um, that other example of like being filled with the spirit <laughs> instead of spirits <laughs> is allowing myself to just check in with my intuition before I drink and listen for that voice too. Like, um, like, is it okay for me to have a drink tonight? And I know that probably sounds like really weird or legalistic to some people, but to me it feels, um, really safe and loving for myself and really wise. And I trust that that voice will guide me to the right answer. And that if I'm willing to, um, to pay attention that, um, that I think the best results will come of that for myself and for the, the people involved. So yeah, we will see. I mean, it will continue to be an experiment and I will continue to share things about this journey, but I think, um, ultimately, and this is what I wanted to share as being the biggest takeaway that I've received from this and that I hope to pass along to you guys in, in sharing this story. And I did mention in this in my blog post um, from a few months ago, but I, I hope that in sharing this, I'm doing way less to convince anybody to take time off from drinking than I am from convincing you the amazing value and beauty that comes from listening to your, your inner voice and that there is, um, there is a God, there is a higher source of wisdom and love that is looking out for you and for your best interests. And I just, when I think about the fact that, um, I had this placed on my heart, um, and then confirmed, and then I've seen all this goodness come from it. It like, it just blows me away. It makes, it fills my heart up with so much joy to think about the fact that I am being cared for and that there, um, is someone that is, you know, um, there's this higher source of love that is caring for me. And that because I chose to say yes to that, I, I absolutely have seen the fruits of it. And I hope that I apply that to all areas of my life. Um, and the more that I say yes to that voice and the more that I see the, the blessings that come from it, the more that I just want to keep doing that in every single aspect of my life. And so I just, um, yeah, I just want to encourage everybody to, tap into that. And if there is something that you feel like has been placed on your heart continuously or has been confirmed, whether it's, um, about a relationship you're in or a, a something, a course you're supposed to take or a trip you're, you've been wanting to take or a decision that you've been kind of fearful around. Um, I think when you can, the way to discern, like whether that voice is coming from a greater good is when you or for your greater good is, um, 
when it feels a little bit scary, but there's also this like deep peace surrounding it too. And that you just kind of know it on a deep knowing level. And I, um, I just fully believe that when you choose to say yes to that and to those things, that's so much magic and, um, and life and fullness and freedom can come from it. And I want that for everybody. So thank you so much for hearing my, my long story about this and my background. And, um, I hope that it encourages you in some way. And I am as always just so excited to keep living out and creating our most beautiful lives together. So thank you so much for being here friends. And I hope you have a wonderful and magical rest of your day. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of the High Friend Podcast. If anything that you heard today resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you either shared this on your social media and tagged me at Glitter and Grace or passed it along to a friend who you think might enjoy the episode as well. I also just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has reviewed the podcast. It's super helpful and it totally makes my day. And... The contest is still going, but we're not quite to the 100 reviews yet for the end of this month. And since I really, really want someone to win and really just want to find a way to say thank you guys for um, everyone who has left a review, I'm going to change it up a little bit and extend it through the end of April. And let's just set it to 50 reviews. So if we, if our podcast gets to 50 reviews, which is not that much more to go in the next month, then one of the reviewers will get a $50 gift card to Amazon. So head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. And then just go and leave a quick five-star review and uh, know that it is totally making my day and you will be entered to win a gift card as well. So Thanks again, friends, and I hope you have a fabulous day, and I cannot wait for next week's episode because it's going to be a fun one. So we'll see you then. Bye.